Are you ready for the end of the world? This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Your Community Spirit coming at you from WDBX 91.1 FM every Friday at 10 a.m. And my name is Treesong. Our esteemed uh, co-host Orr is still off on adventures in other lands, but we believe he'll be back next weekend with many stories to tell. But in the meantime, I will be your host today for Community Spirit. playing a little bit of this Superman theme today, partially because I like Superman and I'm feeling super today, and also because I wrote a big blog entry on my website about a dream I had about Superman. <laughs> so it's nice peppy music to get the day started, and you can read more about that on treesong.org. You can also be sure to check out the website for, well, this show. It's at uh, yourcommunityspirit.org where we have a message board and news and such, and a, a link to some of the stories that we read here on the air. Look at the morning started off on an energetic note with some happenings, some local, regional happenings that are going on coming up shortly. And I haven't gotten any emails about happenings lately. You can email me at treesong at treesong.org if you have a community event that you would like to hear announced here. But in the meantime, I did take the extra effort today to uh, go the extra mile for the show and get a copy of The Nightlife, which always is filled with many interesting tidbits of news and happenings. So, let's see what we have today.
one of the big happenings that I don't even need to look at the nightlife for is that SIU is once again in session. All of my student friends are busy uh, hitting their heads with books, trying to get all that book learning in their noggins. And since I remember those days not too long ago in my own life, I'd like to send out a big welcome back to all of the students who may have been vacationing elsewhere and have returned to wonderful, cheery, and schizophrenically weathered southern Illinois. And another big happening that I was already hip to because I'm just such a hip cat and know everything that's going on. It's about movies. Movies that matter. SIE professor Fatima Najiha Muhammad's film, documentary, Evolution of a Community, will screen tonight at 7 p.m. at the Big Muddy Independent Media Center, located at 214 North Washington in Carbondale. Fatima herself will be presenting will be present to discuss the film after its screening. Evolution of a Community tells the story of Islam in America, particularly among African Americans from the death in 1975 of Nation of Islam leader Elijah Muhammad, and from that period until 1995. The Nation of Islam was created by a mysterious person who used various names, most commonly Wallace Ward, he disappeared in about 1935, his ultimate destination never conclusively proven, and developed by Elijah Muhammad. Its theology was a tangle of Islam, Freemasonry, and a strange belief including uh, vituperative anti-Semitism. But Elijah disavowed some of the later toward the end of his life, as did his most famous but ultimately estranged disciple, Malcolm X, whom Nation of Islam members assassinated in 1965. When Elijah died without appointing a successor, he believed he was Allah's prophet and that the end times would come in his life, the nation of Islam splintered in an extremely complicated fashion. So if you'd like to learn more about this story, you can come and see the documentary, which I've heard is very interesting, and uh, there will also be the discussion afterwards, which will be even, even more of an addition to the experience. So once again, that's at the Big Muddy IMC at 7 p.m. tonight, which is located at 214 North Washington in Carbondale. For more information, you can check out bigmuddyimc.org. And in other happenings, the nightlife is so chock full of spring happenings that I can't even hope to get through them all in an hour, much less the half hour we have to share. 
but I would like to mention a couple, so let's get to it. The One of them is the Greylight Theatre Collective, this not-for-profit alternative theatre group founded by Don Alwell at one time claimed to debut more new works on an annual basis than any non-academic theatrical company in the nation. Elwell's departure has considerably slimmed down the production schedule in recent years, but a fresh group of thespians, led by Tabitha Nugent and Peggy Deegan, have taken up the reins and the troop soldiers on. No performances are scheduled for the spring as of yet, but the Greylight will conduct a series of theater seminars for those between the ages of 7 and 17. While they take place at the Murfreesboro Youth and Recreation Center, the seminars are open to youth from any community. The first four-week seminar, which focuses on musical theater, already began on January 10th and runs for four consecutive Mondays. The second seminar, focusing on contemporary theater, begins in April, while the improvisational theater seminar takes place in July. To register, you can call Nugent at 618 713-1700 or Angie Cool at the Murfreesboro Youth and Recreation Center at 618-684-8243 So lots of cool things going on with them. For more information you can check out the nightlife or visit www.graylight-theater.org and that's Graylight with an E and Theater with an R-E at the end. For all of you people who haven't spelled those that way. It's different spelling than some Americans use. And this next happening, I just have to read because the Women's Center is cool and chocolate is cool and community events are cool. So the Women's Center is a taste of chocolate. Carbondale's Women's Center is one of the first domestic violence and sexual assault shelters and counseling centers in the country. Its services are free to those who need them. Its enormous importance to the entire region is almost impossible to exaggerate. To help fund its programs, the Women's Center throws a Taste of Chocolate event each spring. This year's event, with the theme, Everything's Coming Up Chocolate, takes place on February 10th at 7 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center, one week before Valentine's Day. The Taste of Chocolate will include a chocolate buffet with contributions from area culinary artists, live jazz, and a silent auction. Tickets are $35, and for tickets, you can contact Iva Del Clay at 618-549-4807, extension 228. Or you can email wcds at the-womenscenter.org. In addition, the Women's Center is always looking for volunteers. You can call them or log on to www.thewomenscenter.org and center in the address is spelled CTR 
for more information about how you can help. Now let's see, are there any other cool happenings coming up in February? Why yes, there are. Here's one that's titled the WDBX Ball. Community radio station WDBX, I've heard of those people, will be hosting its major fundraiser on Saturday, February 11th at 6 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center. This is the annual ball. But this year marks the station's first decade of broadcasting. So the ball will take the theme of a 10-year-old's birthday party. SIU Jazz Ensemble and the Tiffany Christopher Band will perform, plus possibly a bluegrass group to be announced, while Global Gourmet will cater the meal and the Hangar 9 and a local winery will provide a cash bar. A raffle and a silent auction will also take place at the ball. Artists who want to donate to the auction can call Chris McKinley at 618-684-8177. Patrons who want to purchase art can stop by several locations to be announced at, at get an early peek. So for more information about that, you can either contact me, treesong at treesong.org, because I'm trying to stay up on the happenings, or you can also contact the station manager here, Brian R. Powell, at 618-529-5900. The Nightlife has a good article about that, and it's starting to get a buzz around town because everyone's excited that WDBX has been around for 10 years, sharing in the community love. And we've actually got updates on that ball info, because WDBX is actually <laughs> the best place to look for WDBX info rather than the nightlife. The 10th anniversary ball, Little DB's 10th birthday party, yes it is Saturday, February 11th from 6 to 11 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center, and dinners by Global Gourmet, music by the Tiffany Christopher Band and SIU Jazz Ensemble, and the Old Fishkins with the silent art auction, and the limited tickets are $35 each on sale now at 
Arnold's Market, 2141 South Illinois Avenue, Harbaugh's Cafe, 901B on South Illinois Avenue, the Neighborhood Co-op, which is just around the corner here at 104 East Jackson Street, and the WDBX Community Thrift Store. Excellent place to go on any day. It's 650 East Main Street, all of these in Carbondale. And the Patron and Supreme members can RSVP by calling 529-5900, or you can email at wdbx at globaleyes.net by January 30th. Now, yes, there are still many other happenings, but it's time to move on to some of the news. Some of our infamous gloom and doom with a sense of humor, much of which we get from grist.org and often share our thoughts on as well. But here's some of the news. And we'll start with this one. The Joy Puck Club. That's P-U-C. <laughs> California regulators approve a landmark solar power plan. With one ecotastic vote, California is set to become a global clean energy leader. Yesterday, the state's energy regulators approved about $3 billion in subsidies to promote solar power. Rebates will be paid to residential and business utility customers to encourage the installation of enough rooftop solar power systems by 2017 to generate 3,000 megawatts of electricity. That's enough power to power about 2.2 million homes and the equivalent of six new power plants. That's a lot of sunshine. The 3 to 1 vote by the California Public Utilities Commission is a major victory for Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, who took the issue to the PUC after his Million Solar Roofs plan died in the state legislature last year amid partisan squabbling. Said one delighted clean energy activist, quote, we have a big, bold, meaningful solar program that's going to reduce costs and make this more than just a boutique technology for millionaires and backward hippies. <laughs> Straight to the source, the Mercury News and Los Angeles Times, 13th of January, 2006. So solar is on the rise in California. And uh, send that story out to Oris and see as our, our solar man.
And in other news, dude, where's my crop? Dude, where's my crop? USDA is failing to keep track of gene-modified crop experiments. Dun-dun-dun. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has failed to adequately monitor thousands of acres of experimental biotechnology crops, according to, well, itself. A two-year internal investigation yielded a report released quietly, that is to say buried, in the days before Christmas. In it, the Department Inspector General said the USDA did not fully evaluate applications for genetically engineered plant traits and then failed to ensure that the crops were destroyed after the trials. Apparently, it didn't even know where some of the experimental crop fields were located. The report says that poor monitoring increases the chances that GM plants, quote, will inadvertently persist in the environment before they are deemed safe to grow without regulation, thus increasing the risk of biotech crops cross-contaminating with the conventional crops. A particular worry for organic farmers who charge a premium price to guarantee consumers foods that are free of genetic freakiness. Straight to the source, Associated Press, 13th of January 2006. And in other news, plop, plop, biz, biz. Dairy farmer earns big bucks from herds manure. <laughs> Alert readers will note that we never pass up a chance to talk about cow poop. But cow poop that generates power? Wow. Minnesota dairy farmer Dennis Hobbinschild uses an anaerobic digester in order to convert the methane-generating dookie of his 900-cow herd into an electricity for a local utility, thus earning thousands of dollars a year while cutting his operation's greenhouse gas emissions. Ha, we said emissions. A carbon broker measures and verifies the reduction of almost 100 tons of carbon equivalent a week and sells it as greenhouse gas credits on the Chicago Climate, Ch Chicago Climate Exchange, which is North America's only voluntary, legally binding greenhouse gas reduction and trading system. Operations like Hobbins Childs provide the market a credit supply. It in turn helps him cover the costs of his doo-doo digester. Plus, a hundred cows can dump enough in a day to replace a barrel of oil, says Hobbins Child. Paraphrasing Huey Lewis, that's the power. <laughs> the power of poop. Straight to the source, Pioneer Press, 16th of January 2006. And we always try to make those bio-waste stories amusing, but it's also very important energy stuff because th those, those fumes are going to be coming into the world anyway, so why not recycle them into energy? In 
fact, what I'd really like to do on a future episode of Community Spirit is invite a friend of mine who helped to construct a composting toilet. Yes, a composting toilet. So stay tuned to future episodes for more word on that. In other news, it looks like we have time for one last story. The sound of one hand tapping, not clapping, tapping. Greenpeace joins the lawsuit against the Bush administration's secret wiretap program. On Tuesday, a diverse group of individuals and organizations filed suit against the National Security Agency, asking a federal court in Detroit to declare the agency's clandestine domestic eavesdropping program unconstitutional. The plaintiffs, ranging from Greenpeace to stalwart Iraq booster Christopher Hitchens, have no proof that the NSA spied on them, but the ACLU, which is leading the suit, charges that simply knowing the program exists has had a, quote, chilling effect on their willingness to use international phone and data lines to communicate openly, thus violating their First Amendment and privacy rights. Greenpeace and the ACLU have felt the icy breath of the Bush administration before. The FBI has spied on both groups extensively in the past several years. Straight to the source, Salon.com, Detroit Free Press, 18th of January 2006. Once again, it's been an exciting and energizing community spirit. Uh, you can contact me at treesong at treesong.org if you'd like to get in your happenings. And I am pretty sure, not positive, I'm pretty sure that next weekend is the week when Or will be back to join us and fill our lives with his solar sunshine. <laughs> so he may have stories to tell of his trip as well. But in the meantime, I hope you have an energetic week and enjoy the... Uh, bit peculiar but often pleasant weather.